the topic that we have decided for today was uh, does like if we become serious about any activity then does that activity still remain fun or does it just become like a job like any other regular job and to join us today we have our guest akhil asher akhil hello uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so uh, i am akhil i am a senior undergraduate ियलोफी flesh out this yes yeah. so actually right here i'm very interested to know why did this specific topic suddenly cross your mind okay so suddenly is like uh, so you know like i play counter strike and uh, recently the team that i follow astralis has had a really big roster shift so two of their players glaive and zipnix have uh, recently announced uh, like i glaive has announced 3 months and zipnix has announced indefinite break uh, stressing like citing burnout issues oh. astralis uh, has been known to have a very well regimented schedule okay mm-hmm. so they'll have mm-hmm. properly scheduled play time sessions properly scheduled gym a good dietitian they also have an onboard uh, physiologist psychologist to deal with mental stress and all that so even if a team that's such well oiled and so regimented players in this team are facing burnout then so this is what struck this question in my mind is like if you get a job that you really love and you wanted for like for your lifetime so does that job still be, remain like your dream job or once you get into it you realize the ugly side and then it just becomes like a regular job deep stuff and just for people yeah. who are thinking he's talking about counter strike global offensive <laughs> which i mentioned in the beginning but that's fine yeah now i think you missed out global offensive but yeah if if people are follow the csgo but they should know about astralis yes <clears throat> so again matlab uh why what i don't uh, understand is why do you think about like why are you differentiate with specifically differentiating between something uh, which is a quote on quote dream job and something that is just a normal job so it's like a lot of people will have day jobs that they don't like or love hmm. they just hmm. love it to make ends meet hmm. and there's this other set of people who have fortunately managed to find work that fit for their neck and all and this is also work that they love so for example a photographer uh say like someone who loves photography being a photographer hmm. and actually being commercially successful at that or in the case of uh, so we have shitesh here who is also loki successful in what he loves yeah. <laughs> at the moment at least yeah. so is would you like to highlight on that yes yeah, so for me the thing is like 
uh, having a dream job is more like a sincere thing that uh, like is accompanied with sincereness that I give to gaming, like game development, and not seriousness. So, like, if I'm being serious, that means like I'm ignoring everything else for that particular thing. And if I'm being sincere, then I'm giving that thing more weightage than others, but not entirely ignoring other things for the sake of that. So, right, but like at the moment, your yeah. like game development is not your full time job, right? So, yeah. Like if you were to imagine yourself in some top tier game development firm, mm-hmm. where your entire daily job would be to make games. Yeah. So, would that, so at that point, seriousness would not really be in your control, right? The way you defined it. Yes. And so okay, so I was just googling around, and then there's also this that uh, in the game development industry, yeah. it's actually pretty common to force people to like just give up everything else and then make games yeah the crunch thing yeah so ha huh, so the environment is toxic is what it is said yeah. apparently yeah so this recently happened with fortnite the developer of fortnite is like mm-hmm. when fortnite became viral the developers yeah. had issues with actually coping up with the amount of work while epic games was forcing them to work more and mm-hmm. So, what would you say about that? It's like, would you be considering game development as a job, or is it just like a hobby? I yeah. So, I would still consider it as a job, cause like from the experience that I had during my internship. So, like during my summer internship, while I was working for UNESCO, like the office timing was from eight a.m. to four p.m. Mm-hmm. and during like that time, I was just solely focusing on making games, and I did that thing for like around two months. So, like, if I only would have like working on the single game for two months, like, in then I would have hated game development. So, what I did to like to cope up with things was to participate in other activities like reading a book while on subway or something like that. So. Okay. Yes, so the thing is, like, if I have to focus entirely on game development, then no, like, it would be bad. Right. So that is yeah. that is the point here, right? Yeah. I mean, and uh, UNESCO is not not for profit, right? Yeah. So that so, was a benefit for me. Yeah, I mean, like, if you were actually working in a business that was aiming to make money, yeah. probably they would expect more work. Yeah. And uh, okay, so I also found this online was uh, there is this former Yahoo CEO Marissa Mayer, mm-hmm. and she was quoted that they they were forced. So when she was at Google, yeah. she was apparently being forced to work as much as hundred and thirty hours a week. Oh. So, you guys have any thoughts on that? Me. So, what I like understand from this like what i have feelings in this topic is like anytime you want to make something that you love into a proper profession like the entire idea of going pro is that you want to gain money by doing something right you want to actually gain money mm-hmm. so you want to support you want to support yourself doing that thing so being a professional you have to have certain amounts of sincerity and seriousness and all that and 
there there definitely will be times uh, when you will start like doubting uh, do you love this anymore and, and like is it still quote unquote fun so so this is actually a very nice uh, uh, like thing example that comes out in one of my most favorite anime series uh, which is avatar comes in like a lion which you all should watch so in season 2 so like when he's trying to teach other people to play what he plays professionally which is shogi which is a sort of a japanese chess i think go right go is shogi only so in in that like he's trying to teach uh, teach them what shogi is like the different rules and and then he's explaining how the world of uh, shogi and essentially almost any competitive uh, quote on court sport is is like the stronger you get the more bitter defeat starts to taste when you lose and this thing essentially keeps amplifying the more and more better you get and then the people who are listening to him they get shocked and they ask him like do you still have fun playing shogi and the reaction on that specific like when they are asking it, it is priceless it's like what what that like showed me is like after a point of time these people who have picked up on their dream jobs they uh, they sometimes start to forget like they picked it up because they had fun or they picked it up because they were good at it they just get get into the flow of things and then you start treating it like any other quote unquote job because that is what the job is right yep and so that that's where i actually get get to my uh, like this like why the distinction that people have between a dream job and a normal job really is a little uh, misleading is because after a point of time it is still going to be a job and there will yeah. be days when you don't want to do it and it is up to yeah. you to motivate yourself to do it so whether you enjoy it or not there will be days right that you're not yeah. enjoying right. so the very fact that there are going to be days when you are not going to enjoy it and but still will be forced to do whatever you're doing and this is not just for games right like there there might be a person out there who enjoys uh, uh, making apps for a living right and that is a 9 to 5 job and there might there might be person might be a person likes working in banking firms so that might be his or her dream job and not just in the money sense like it might be something that he's very interested to do but the fact that there are going to be days when you are not going to enjoy something should not um should not really stop you from considering that as a career profession like just because ki i am having fun now but if i take it as a job then i might not enjoy it i don't know so that somehow does not set uh, like right uh, it does not fit right with me right like does that make sense and the yeah. thing is that like whenever we do a job it's usually for something it we do a job to achieve a purpose and we do a job for someone so like even if you are the ceo of some company then you are usually doing it like you you have to please the investors and you have to keep your shareholders like invested in your company yeah yeah sure so so it's like you have to do things that you don't necessarily like it's not it's not that you will always be doing things that you always like mm mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. at some point there will be some things that you don't like but yeah. i guess that that's pretty much part of what we call a job yeah okay and so this like this leads to an interesting point that i came across was uh, like in today's world freelancing and entrepreneurship is really gaining popularity mm-hmm. right yeah. 
and careers like youtube or seen are desirable careers on youtube or something like that so here there's like one more thing that i found might be related to more stress was that uh, your work hours are not really set as such so if you're working in a traditional industry somewhere you'll most likely be working 9 to 5 and then you're done with it yeah but when you're setting yourself up set, setting yourself up or working like being an entrepreneur or running your own business you would likely be putting in a lot more hours yeah so would that also lead to like faster burnout or is that a cause for people actually burning out like they they just think that it is a sprint and then run as, as fast as they can yes. when in reality more like a marathon yeah. so there's there's no there's no diversification as such so that's the problem with working from home as well so if when we were when we are working in a conventional traditional job you always have some specific boundaries between your workplace and your personal life but on the other mm-hmm. hand there's there's no such thing when you're working from home or like making youtube videos or freelancing or whatever you are you okay, are so in the same I, place i think like that point can be kind of i think it is less important because there's like if you look at top tier youtubers they'll most likely have their own studio where they create content which is different from their home and so actually building, like they still face what so as long as you're amateur then like it doesn't it, it, it that point isn't in, isn't valid anymore like that that may be true for some specific people who are like really on top of their profession like in youtube or whatever but for most people i guess it isn't and even now you see it professionals working from home they don't really have a particular place where they can actually they don't have a home office or whatever so yeah I, like my my point was not that so my point is that uh, even if you look at top tier youtubers who have a dedicated studio you you will also still find cases of burnout is like it's actually more prevalent in top tier youtubers rather than like the ones who are not as accomplished mean so uh, like first on your point of why freelancing in youtube is gaining popularity and i think like the main reason is you are the boss of yourself right so that yes, concept has common. gained a lot of popularity personally i i wouldn't be able to do that because going to a job quote on quote job would essentially they have is like they have a directed thing they have a vision that they want to do and you have to achieve this right Mm. so that is what a normal 9 to 5 job offers you is like you don't really have to uh, yes you have you have different stresses i'll agree on that front but this is not a stress that you must like as much as these people who are generating their own content have to go through so yeah and going on to the question of burnouts like burnouts happen in every place right it's not just people who are freelancing who are burning out right even the people yeah. who are doing 9 to 5 jobs are burning out yeah so so there is an interesting statistic okay. there so i was looking on the internet and they have so this is a survey i am not saying that this is 100% true but they mentioned burnouts based on industry okay. guess what industry is at the bottom finance IT, no. It's like hardcore manufacturing. Full mining. <laughs> yeah, that is at the bottom where you are actually physically mm-hmm. exerting. So, I oh, mean, so, 
like burnouts are prevalent in all industries but i think it's more so in these new industries mm-hmm. so burnout which like also brings me to my mm-hmm. next point but yeah yeah finish so like what, what i was actually alluding to is like burnouts mostly come off from places where there is a lot of mental involvement where you have to be doing things constantly thinking about many things constantly so this yeah. i what i hypothesize would be happening is that in a place where you are driving your own business or you are driving your own creations and things like that where you have to be constantly on the top of your game at all times mm-hmm. just to capture like uh, capture a lot of things so in those cases you will be facing a lot of more mental pressure and what i feel that burnout yeah. is essentially a mental thing right it's like it 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 stems from that so a place where you have to be constantly making decisions would have more chances of getting burnouts so even in the 9 to 5 jobs so people who are relatively on the lower path or lower of the hierarchy would not have to make as many would not face as much mental pressure as somebody who is on the top right because that person on the top will have a lot of things that he is going through and a lot of decisions creator yep. all these freelancers they are essentially their own like bosses right they have to take care yeah. of them so in a way if you look at it so like if you are compare, comparing the mental pressures that youtubers and these people face and when you try to compare it to a 9 to 5 job com- just comparing to somebody who is on the quote unquote lower rungs might not be a good comparison you should be looking at those in the top echelons and then that again that comes to it right so the number of people at the top echelons are very less so i think an interesting study would be is like in this hierarchy what is the percentage of uh, burnouts that people see so it could be an interesting follow up to this study but yeah yeah and another thing that leads to burnout of like more burnout of freelancers is like when you're starting up you don't have content or reviews to like get credit like validated so the yeah. issue is like people focus more on building their portfolio so like when you have a typical person who is working from 9 to 5 you have freelancers who are working from like 9 to 9 in order to just make more money calls then you start thinking in hours in terms of money like okay if i just put in one extra i would get like around 400 rupees so by that mentality you just start cutting out your free time and that leads to an earlier burnout yeah for me not like this starting off like for me like the idea of starting off doing something on your own is very scary just because of this like yeah and yet you started a podcast <laughs> we are not monetizing this anytime soon right yeah sure but yeah. still <laughs> so that is uh, so that like that brings me to my next point is that uh regulation in these industries it might also be a factor so if you take think like if you take into account youtube mm-hmm. so you are pretty much at the mercy of the algorithm yeah whereas in like a traditional industry there's lot more regulation and normalization of things yeah so you have trade unions you have workers unions and all that mm-hmm. so would that also i mean it's like you might be a youtube superstar today and then tomorrow your videos might stop just showing up to people yeah so is that would like is that also another cause 
so what's your point yeah. again is it something like because you are a youtube because you are a youtuber you have this kind of pressure that you have to always work hard is is this something like that or yeah so you have to constantly work hard and then there's no guarantee mm-hmm. as such it's like you might have a million subscribers today but then just because of some change in the algorithm you might stop seeing videos and then like your youtube career might as well be over there yeah so just like in a night yeah and there's another thing like the bar for youtube or other activities which are like online they have a platform set with respect to like all over the like international bar like you are competing with yeah. all of the like people from different countries who are like who are as talented as you and when you have a 9 to 5 job it's typically more targeted to that particular area so like if a 9 to 5 job like let's say you are in bangalore so then mostly you'll be competing on with the people around bangalore or in india you won't be competing around those who are in us but in youtube or in freelancing you'll be competing around with everyone no but building on what rajesh yeah. said right about the entire thing mm-hmm. that you are at the mercy of the policy in the yeah. place that you are mm-hmm. so like yeah I, i completely agree on that friend is like you you uh, you a lot of these youtuber videos where they talk about youtube right so their mm-hmm. so the main thing that you get is that they are scared of what is going to happen is like some company from around the world suddenly come and claim monetization on half their videos and is it huh. the youtubers are scared a lot of the time so yeah and, like you're also seeing the shift to patreon yes and, and the that. shift to patreon that is happening nowadays so it's like yeah and then i, I uh, that is a very interesting point that you brought up is like there is no unions in for youtubers as, as such right <laughs> exactly like oh, a very interesting point that you brought up is like like uh, another video that i was actually watching so i i don't remember where but what they were talking about like like if you since you're uh, specifically talking about youtube right so the moment mm-hmm. your job gets uh, is essentially associated with the companies like um, like normally nowadays you have podcasters right so they they have different podcasts on different platforms but a podcast is a open source thing right it's a media it is not a something that is tied to a specific company but the moment you start talking about youtuber a youtuber is essentially a person whose job is dedicated is built on youtube so the yes. pressure that those people face just because one company controls their entire livelihood must be insane exactly i mean like recently we've also seen all the all caps youtube titles just to make your mm-hmm. video stand out yeah all those tactics i mean so there's also this point that i found was that youtube is still a relatively new media compared to traditional tv and radio yeah. and so there's no class for how to deal with negative comments trolls maintaining subscriber mm-hmm. counts and all that mm-hmm. so like as you said that it's all on the creators they must they need to figure everything out for themselves yeah. and so this also brings me to one more point is that uh today's like world is drenched in data right? yeah so is that another cause for stress is like you constantly monitoring your like i'm taking youtube again but you constantly monitoring your subscriber counts your how much uh, engagement your videos got how many comments you had and so this would also translate to all other 
like all these jobs so even if in even if you are like a professional csgo player they still look at your stats if you don't get the kills your how much your kill to death ratio is how effective you were all that they have stats for all that and in sports if you're not performing you'll easily be replaced mm-hmm. a, a, a little segue into a little lighter said akhil please do you have any nihilistic opinions on this <laughs> not really like <laughs> what what sort of nihilistic opinions like it, come it, across it, your mind considering you brought this is up? data is data no 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 it's like is disabled da- data i mean you not gather so much data uh, about this about our own yeah well i guess at some point you have to stop this there's a threshold that there's a threshold that all of us have and if you start overdoing something then like it it is obviously going to affect you in a negative way very nice thought boy actually and, and similarly yeah. like so there's all there's also the thing of redundancy like it can affect you in both ways so so for example like when i when i when i start binge watching a series let's say or or any youtube thing uh, it's like i i don't really get addicted to it i don't i i don't like have to do it again and again at some point when i start overdoing it it just like stops interesting me so it so it can go either ways it, it's not so so i i am sure there are plenty of youtubers who are who are like bored of their job and they've left it so there was pewdiepie in Uh, a year back or something he he yeah. he he took a break just because he he wasn't like he wasn't just interested in it anymore so it yeah, can go either exactly. way you can either get really bored of it or it can affect your mental health in some way so i mean i think youtube is also taking look at so recently they came up with this that they are going to abbreviate subscriber count so that you don't really you can't really follow exactly how many subscribers you have oh. like again again building on they already did this with the like button uh is that so are they randomizing those numbers they are not randomizing those numbers but they have an option where you can actually disable your likes and dislikes but again like building on what akhil said right it's like everybody has different thresholds and trying to identify those thresholds that you have i think is one of the most effective ways not another uh, is one of those ways where you can avoid going through a burnout right in any almost anything mm-hmm. it's like if you don't have these kind of feedback mechanisms you might not be pushed to do better right a, yeah. a lot of people like if they don't have yeah. this thing so like a lot of habit trackers nowadays right they All, all or they are going with the entire concept of what a streak is right so the day you do a habit you press okay and then the more and more you keep doing a habit so you can see that over a period of time you have this one big red line showing that you have been doing this habit consistently so it's like a lot of lot of people yes. might actually be, be dependent on those statistics in a non negative way to help motivate them go forward but then again उटेंडेंट 
but then so then that becomes the question of who is the better exactly. judge for you like should you be the judge for yourself see my my argument which i have not prepared in any way will try to become youtubers because they like the entire thing that they have control over what they're doing right so the moment the company starts taking such control away from them how is that going to affect the their okay. mentality of like this is what i am doing this is what i am driving right um yes but then also it is a question of what kind of control the company is taking away so if like youtube brings out a policy that you can only make so and so type <laughs> of videos that would probably the be the final nail in the coffin yeah no, i don't mention youtube really but if they're all they're saying is that no we're not going to show you your full and final six digit subscriber count it will just be 1 million 1.01 million and nothing beyond maybe it's not that big of a deal to people but it's going to be a big deal of people it's a very small thing but what i'm saying is that things like this reflect right ki what company's policies are like they if they think that something is wrong or if they think that something is doing some way is better and they go ahead to do that this might reflect bad on them for a certain set of people who might be considering to make youtube the platform that they make videos on Uh, but then that assumes that you have sufficient competition. You need to have a suitable. Exactly. So that's a different ball game altogether. Like you can't do shit until something else comes out. Exactly. And uh, okay, so I think I have one more point, and that was like I found an HBR study. So that talks uh, talking about burnout and how like passion is related to you burning out or not burning out. and what they found was that if you're actually you loves what you do and you feel passionately about it you are according to their study at an increased risk of burnout so is like uh, according to mayo clinic like two of the so they listed down six reasons six possible risks that might lead to burnout and two of them are you identify so strongly with work that you lack balance between your work life and personal life and or you work in a helping profession yeah, yeah. okay like so not- yeah in the end it's all about diversification like you have to keep on doing different things mm-hmm. you you can't you can't just be doing one thing again and again even if it's something that you like really like yeah. you have to diversify your portfolio in some way yeah Says the guy who's opting for. See, see, it's, it's a PhD. So, <laughs> PhD research doesn't really mean that you will be doing the same thing. Like PhD in the end will just oh. be a job. Will just okay. be like a job. Okay. So, okay. Anybody no, want to agree? See, PhD. What I think he tried to say is that the PhD, even if we are doing doing a PhD, it's not like we are going to be researching twenty four seven. We will try to cultivate other hobbies, right? You have to, like, you, have you to don't care. really have a choice there. Congrats to that. Peer pressure is super high, and then that is what leads to people working more exactly. and more hours so, in the lab. it is not a it is not hidden that a phd life is very stressful right and 
most of the professors that i have talked to uh, allude to the fact that phd students think that they have to work 24/7 so this is not not a hidden fact it's yes. like something we know but still i think what akhil and i <laughs> and coming to phd like it's it's for me it's one of the most diverse jobs that you can have so compared to a conventional like desk job it's it's a phd or say research in general is is about a lot of things it's not just about sitting in a place and like doing working on excel sheets or codes all the time it's about it's about many things it's about documenting your things in some way it's, it's about like researching it's about thinking it's about teaching so also to to an extent so so i don't think you should really bring up so phd I... in in this context like are we we so i i agree why the phd point came up but what i'd like to like essentially build on what akhil said before is like you have to have passion right to enjoy what you're yeah. doing you have to have passion but at the same time why is the way to go is passion in moderation yeah so it's like is it everything for all things so until you don't enjoy <laughs> what you're doing you're not going to enjoy what you're doing <laughs> it's a sad yeah. and like the uh, like uh, the same reason why i am going for a phd is because the idea of a 9 to 5 desk job bores me right so it's like i i cannot imagine myself sitting 9 to 5 at a desk and just working out on something repetitive like that's why research seems a little bit more uh, uh, appealing but let's see what happens in 4 years um and that's exactly right but then the idea is that you should not get so invested in your work that you pass that threshold that you that you have right so that's what the way to go is passion and moderation yes passion and moderation i just came up with that <laughs> sure <laughs> isn't that like exactly. contradiction in it that and that is the sad fact right you have to you have to deal So it's like a spectrum, right? You are not interested, and you are utterly passionate. <laughs> are these the two things? Spectrum? Are those the only two? No, but the spectrum is in between two ends. Like there is a lot of things in the middle, and you have to try to achieve a balance. Ah, uh, okay. Anybody would like to add anything? Wait, I think we deviated significantly from the original title. Not okay, not significantly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not really, but like yeah, I, I, I feel like being final year students, we are thinking a little too much about life. But actually, what I want to talk mm-hmm. about, like even in normal things, right? Like say video games that you are playing, there is a level of seriousness that you can get. So actually, I'll yeah. just talk about what I what I was thinking about. So. uh these uh, rathi people they play a lot of cs go and i used to play cs before and then i had a sort of a break for two years after which i started playing and when i started playing again i was pathetic at least compared to them they they still are still in silver so can't say anything wait rathi went globe gold right yeah okay so still yep so when i initially started playing and i was pathetic and i did not enjoy playing at all so I I still like the idea of playing with friends. So what I started doing is like going on all these training maps, right, and trying to train my aim. Because 
for CS:GO there are two important things. Like one is like you have the proper aiming skills, and the other is game sense. Now game sense might come only after you have put in the hours, right? Playing actual competitive CS. But I thought maybe I could improve my aim a little bit. And then I very distinctly remember Rathi coming up to me and saying, "Like bro, what are you doing? If you start doing things like this, it's not no longer going to be fun." And so, exactly. so, 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 what I like want to bring out, right? Is like there is a there is a lot of times where to make something fun, you have to put in the reps, right? So hmm. now, significantly better than I was then, right? And that is only due to the fact that I put in those reps of uh, shooting people's heads who are not moving. and that has significantly improved my uh, enjoyment that i have in this game as a whole and so that's the entire idea right to make something fun would require mm-hmm. would require you to put in the uh, effort to actually make that game fun a lot of times precisely and so just like there's an upper threshold for doing things like for not doing things let's say there's also a lower threshold for like making things fun so why do we like like start to like things it's it's because we are good at it so when someone when someone says that they like a particular subject it's it just it, it the one of the probable reasons could be that is that they've performed well in that subject so and this threshold thing is very interesting actually <laughs> yeah ha ah, it's like you also it also adds to the surroundings right i mean if you are somewhat decent at your stuff you'll get and you get sense of achievements and if you are like pathetic like i'm not uh, so sense of achievement is internal right i'm just talking about external conditions here so it's like if you are moderately good or somewhat good you'll probably get encouragements to get better but if you are like pathetic at it everyone would be like yeah just uh, quit this He was alone. You're troubling us. And I keep building out that idea of sense of achievement. So, like, there's another game, right? Called uh, which I'm playing, Hollow Knight. Again, uh, plug one of the best games that I've played. Two best in this episode. Nice. So, so what Hollow Knight really nicely does is that it ties in that sense of achievement to its core gameplay. So while people outside may say that the gameplay that Hollow Knight has is just ten hours, I have put in seventy hours. or 60 hours into the game and plan to put in more just to get that 112% completion that's there so i'm currently on 110 so what i used to think right like all these hollow knight videos that i used to watch before i had become any good at the game i used to feel like why do people put in so much effort in this game and there is a lot of times that when we see somebody from the outside right we see them putting in insane amount of efforts into something that we feel is like trivial it's like not trivial but it's like not that important it's like and you start to figure think like why are these people so obsessed about this and like again so the entire idea comes is like until and unless you yourself have experienced what the other person is doing at least to some extent it's very hard to like notice okay. and understand what's going through their heads right yes it was very and easy this actually me. flows into my point of the entire controversy that esports has brought amongst the i think the correct term is the boomer generation right 
I don't, okay, let's not go into uh, that. So like you, all these old people who have not grown up playing games, they think like you are getting paid this much money for just playing this game, and they laugh at it. It's like, and they completely ignore the fact the amount of time that that person has put in dedicated to making getting better at that game, right? And and that is something that is going to be very difficult, not just for games, right? But esports completely are in the spotlight for all of that yeah exactly i mean like people there are a lot of people who just say sports are mm. always greater than esports so I, I i think my main point was like done no but then that is also kind of creating a somewhat negative environment so it's like uh, in esports so i know about cs so you'll have at least four or five the major tournaments in a year generally whereas uh, in like traditional sports like the olympics takes place once every four years okay so like what is the point the redundancy is more is, is that what you're saying you know it's like it's putting more pressure on the people who are in the industry like the players in traditional sport also you have like national tournaments and national mm-hmm. you have to stay yeah. fit i mean yes but olympic athlete but your main goal would be to win a gold at the olympics to, right uh, like are yeah, still as like for india let's say take the example of cricket so like if you have ipl every year then mm-hmm. you have champions league then you have like the world cup and then t20 world, world cup four years right yes yeah, so normal India World Cup is four years, then we have T20 World Cup, which is after four years. But they are gonna be like in the consecutive or like with a year between them. Then other two tournaments like the Tri Series and all the things which keep happening between different like countries. So you have matches going on. Like, like I'm not saying that they don't play at all mm-hmm. in between Olympics or like that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that, like, you don't have the same pressure as you probably would have in World Cup or in Olympics in a smaller tour. Nee, sir, Rati, what you have to, what I think fine. you have to understand is that currently the esports scene is, so and but they still the players still have to be playing regularly to get money, right? And trying to, uh, and they're. Like to be fair, there aren't really that many options for them to do other than go into all of these majors at this point of time. Maybe if somewhere down the line the number of play- people playing CS:GO becomes very big, then I think the number of majors might go down, or maybe they might put something on top of the majors that happen only once every four. Yeah, and then uh, like you pointed out about other things, right? So yes, that is also. a possible thing like if you are a cricket player you can probably get advertisement jobs or mm-hmm. like that you'll be a mascot for people mm-hmm. whereas if you are someone in if you are an esports star you probably won't even be recognized except maybe in brazil in brazil i've seen ads of uh, people from counter strike so people from counter strike uh, like you get ads on at least all this gaming mice and all that so that yeah. the ad scene is slowly changing right so people are understanding what esports is and they are slowly slowly changing so we so we hope and similarly we hope that youtube youtubers get a little leave away from the company <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so important. Like, there's so much great content. Yeah. No standards this episode. Yeah, we've all agreed. Passion and motivation. <laughs> that that is the motto. Mm-hmm. Akhil, would you like to add anything? Nope, that's it. Pretty much it. All right. So we conclude on passion in moderation. Yeah. Nice.